0: We serve a re- sovereign God, amen? Yeah. He said, He says in his word, he fills the praise, or he dwells, God is in the praise of his people, and we've sensed that this morning. This morning I received a call, as uh, Jay alluded to earlier, and we prayed for uh, Pastor Matt. Um, obviously, he was not, uh, he's not a man who takes his role here lightly, so he was very much set back by the opportunity that was missed to be with us this morning. And so as he was sharing that with me, and I'm thinking, okay, it's definitely the B team here. Um, then it God's sovereignty, we have a messenger from overseas who's come from a long distance, who happens to be here, was part of our service, maybe a little bit surprised that he was gonna be the, the focus or the delivering message. But we know our brother Nate, we know his heart, we know his Desire to serve and honor God. We know also his ability to share God's word because he's done that many times within this fellowship and with us as individuals as well. So I would like us, if we would, it's okay, I think, to applaud and welcome our brother Nate this morning. Brother, come and share with us what God has laid on your heart, and we're, we welcome you. Thank you.
1: Utro I good morning in Croatia uh, it's good to be here and uh, I'm just in town for one week and I'm at Bethany mission in Minnesota and what we're doing is working on a strategy uh, for taking the church to where it is not yet so this is what we're working on is how can we take the church uh, to where it isn't and uh, I was thinking about the uh, last night talking with a small group in the church about Syria and how Saul was going to Damascus and on the way he met Jesus. And he was going there to kill uh, the believers. But uh, he met with Jesus, his life was transformed, and he became one of them known as Paul, the main one who built the church and took the church to where it wasn't and, and basically to Europe, where I am now and that came from Syria and uh, reached out to the ends of the earth and uh, so I think uh, this is the same thing that you're doing here in Kikato you know uh, that we can take the church take the message of Jesus to places where it isn't yet and the thing about that is uh, sometimes the places where you take this message uh, can be dark places, because the message isn't there. And so, uh, I have friends that have been killed. I have friends that get uh, tortured. We have friends in the refugee camps, the Syrian refugees uh, and from Iran and other countries. They're waiting to get a Croatian passport, but they're in danger in these refugee camps. So, it's, a, it's a dangerous uh, uh, places and dangerous situations. But what I wanted to talk to you today about is some of the things that we do. We're involved uh, with the poor and our work began after the Bosnian War and we started working with refugees and with the poor and, and taking the message to them because when you get kicked out of your home and you have to flee and go live somewhere else, you have very few friends and, you, and you, if you were involved in a church before or you were involved in some Kind of thing, club, or you—you have those friends no more. You have those, uh, and so we we're able to befriend these people, to share Jesus with them, but also to build community amongst them. And of course, uh, the same things happening now with the refugees throughout Europe. We're being able to spend time with them, to build community with them, to introduce them to Jesus, and um, and uh, so forth. So one of the places where the church isn't. Is where you can't really have a building and when you're traveling and you have no home. Uh, Another place where where we try to bring uh, Jesus and the church is with the students and the young people and in Europe many of the young people and they don't go to the church, they're not interested in religion um, for various reasons, so you almost have to take the church to them. And so one of the ways that we take the church to the young generation is we find out who are their heroes or who are the people that they look up to in society. That might be a famous sports person. It could be a politician. It could be uh, any kind of person. And then we find one of them who loves Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and they can come and share how they came to faith in Jesus with the young people. They can share that it's possible to be involved in sports, it's possible to be involved in business or in politics, and to love Jesus and to follow him, and to be a part of a small group uh, that meets together. And uh, We've also been able to take the church even to the top leaders in the countries where we work. The Balkans is an area of former Yugoslavia and some other countries around there that broke up after communism and they all became different countries and they had wars and they had a lot of horrible things. And uh, now instead of one country, there's seven countries. And still they have different religions, they have different ethnic groups, they don't all get along. And uh, we meet with these political leaders in each of the countries and we share about Jesus with them and they have small groups and what's happening now is the leadership of these countries is starting to uh, have leaders that are listening to God and that are in fellowship with each other. And I think that's another example of taking the church where it isn't. We also had some camps this summer where we brought people from all these countries that don't get along with each other to live in a big house together with their enemies. So they're all from different religions, they're all from different cultures, they speak different languages. But we were able to speak English, we were able to um, talk together. And what happens when you get together, is like if you have good news and you believe Jesus is the good news, and you share about Jesus to the people, they just, they're happy. Because what people are wanting, most people, is good news. There's enough bad news on the television about this and that. But what people really want to hear is, is there any good news? And can you share that with me? And so when we're able to share the good news about Jesus with people, some of them, they get hope in life. They think, wow, it's worth continuing a little bit longer. It's worth worth it. And they really are happy when you say, would you like to be a part of a small group of friends that meet together in your neighborhood or in your town? Of course, you and I know this is the church, you know, where believers get together and they say, of course, you know, we would. And uh, this is how it works. And I wanted to share to you today uh, where we get some of the principles. I'll share with you mainly four principles uh, for building church, for building friendships, for building community. And we apply these principles in all of the activities that we do whether they're with the refugees the gypsies the poor or with they're with the young people the business people just or the even the elderly uh, politicians it's the same principles that jesus and the early church uh, people were doing one important thing before i start is uh, when you have a group One of the most important, or friends in general, one of the most important things is how much time you spend with each other. So if you like someone, you're going to want to spend more time with them. And uh, I think this is an important thing to think about because sometimes if you have church, 52 weeks, an hour or two, you're at about 100 hours, maybe a little bit more. Um, In a way, I'll be here like 40 hours, You know, so, it's, uh, you have to think about time. And one thing that I do, and I'm not recommending this for other people, is I I keep a journal of how much time I spend with different people. And I think it's as important because uh, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think uh, you've heard the saying, time is money. Well, I think also it's a true thing that Where we spend our time is usually what is important or of value to us. And so when God puts on my heart to spend a certain amount of time or that these people are important, then I want to make sure that I get uh, to see those people. And um, Jesus taught the most, I think, about money and about uh, prayer. I mean, you can check it, but if they're not the most, then they're, they're up there near the, the most things that he talked about. The interesting thing about money is that even with your closest friends, I, I might know a lot about them, but I don't know exactly how much money they make um, or how they spend it, what they buy, so forth. And it's the same thing with prayer. Um, I get emails sometimes, with praying for you, but really you're not quite sure, because it's invisible and, and it's hard to tell, how much are people really praying for you. I find this very interesting because if the two things that he talks about the most, we can't tell how much other people are doing it, it makes it difficult to know what their priorities are uh, in life. and. Um, you know in a way with your church I can see that you support us which is, is in our ministry which is very nice and I met the small groups and I know that you guys pray but I'm talking about in life in general we can't really see these things and so I think what we can see is time if you ask someone how much time did they spend with you people know oh we went there we did this they spent so much time with me so it's one way I think of showing people Um, that you care and that you value them. Jesus lived with his um, twelve and he said, I chose them to be with to be with them, you know, so they lived together. They were together 24 hours a day. And um, what I want to share now is the four principles that we should include in all of our um, relationships. And the first one is Teaching and learning. Um, most people will meet their best friends and good friends in school or in university or in some place where there's teaching or learning involved. Eating together. Most people, on a first date, they're going to go somewhere to eat or they're going to have some food together. So eating together. The third one, having fun together, which includes you know talking, playing, traveling, so forth. Um, and the fourth one, agreement. It means like dreaming together, having plans together, hoping for things together. Now, if you're a part of a group that doesn't do any of those things, I wonder why you would want to be involved in, in that kind of a group. But uh, if you're involved in a group that does one of them, uh, those groups are okay, but what happens, from my opinion, is when a better group comes along, people will leave that group to join another group. And then the the groups that uh, do two things, they're the most common groups. So like if you're involved in a football or a baseball team, you're probably going to do at least two of those things. And the group that has three, they're harder to find, but you can find them if you're in school, you have a job, or some meetings that are involved in teaching, learning, and of course with baseball and sports, there is teaching and learning about the sports, but these are, uh, they become super close friends. Often you hear young people say, my coach was one of the most influential people in my life. And it's because there's teaching, they're having fun together, eating together. And the fourth one, uh, if you have all four, then these groups, uh, people really will be involved in for a long time. This is what I found. And they'll they'll have a deeper friendship and commitment to each other because they connect in all of these areas. Jesus modeled this in his um, life with his friends because they studied and he taught them lessons as they walked, as they talked together. And then they broke bread together. You'll remember the story of the fish and the loaves and he broke the bread. But they also, before his death, he was breaking bread together and saying, when you break bread remember me so he broke bread he ate with them and he, even after he came back he made him a breakfast on the beach but then fellowship they went to weddings together they went to the mountains boat rides they were in the city they lived together so they had fun together they did activities together and the fourth one Jesus was constantly praying then there's in Luke 11:1 he says one of the disciples turned to him and said, teach us to pray. And um, so prayer was an important thing that he did with uh, his friends. So when we uh, get to, uh, trying to find uh, Acts 2.42, it says, this is the passage, I forgot to read it. (laughs) It says, uh, the fellowship of believers, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And then it it says what happens afterwards, but I've been encouraged, really, since I've been here. I've been um, with five small groups, uh, one of the small groups being the family that's hosting me. And then there were some other small groups, mission, and um, a small weekly prayer group. Different small groups, a a small group at a breakfast. But the interesting thing for me was that uh, at all of these events, we talked about the teachings of Jesus. We ate together. We had fellowship together and we prayed together. And, uh, you know, it's encouraging for me because uh, it's not always like that. When you go to different churches, when you see different people, some Bible studies are really just about reading the Bible and praying together, you know? And then people wonder why uh, not many people are coming to the prayer meeting or to the... and it's because there's not an aspect of these other things that I mentioned. So I just wanted to encourage you today that keep up uh, the good work. Keep up the small groups. Keep up the friendships. Don't only meet on a Sunday morning for a few hours to uh, read and sing and have fun. But uh, try to meet up you know, during the week. And I would encourage you also, you know, there probably are other churches, other believers in the um, town. And when you meet with them, you should do the same thing. You know, do these four things with people. I think sometimes, especially in Europe, people are a little bit afraid to pray, like with someone they don't know very well. But you see, when I go even into Muslim countries or wherever, I just say, would you mind if I pray? And many times, even a person's definition of prayer won't be the same. But I think just having a prayer with them, even if it's with your eyes open, just saying, I bless you and, I hope God's with you and your family, and just uh, hope we can meet again, you know. I'll I'll close with this. Um, Prayer is three things, I I think. The first is uh, speaking to God, which is what most people think of prayer. I want this, or can you be with me and help with this, and I'm concerned about this, and just talking to Him. The second is listening and I think some people aren't as eager to do this but meditation just trying to understand what God's telling you and and to do and where to go and what to say and how to do it. Uh, The third one is found in Micah 316 and it basically says when two brothers or when, when brothers and sisters are together talking to each other God's listening and he's writing it down. So uh, um, I just want to encourage you uh, keep praying for uh, me and for my family and for the work we're doing amongst the poor, the young people and the leaders in Europe and uh, I think uh, the work started with the wars and conflicts and there's still wars and there's still conflicts. I think 46 wars or conflicts in the world at the moment. And so really pray for peace. And also because we're involved in reconciliation, reconciling people to each other, but also to God, uh, I think the enemy's strategy is division. So whenever you're you're trying to unite, and Jesus' biggest prayer uh, was in John 17, it said, I pray that they may be one as I and the Father are one. So he's praying that we can all be one and the enemy is trying uh, to divide, you know? So really pray that within my own family that we can be united, within the work and the ministry that we're doing and the different projects and the different teams and the different small groups, that there's not division and uh, that we can have unity. Because we know that Jesus said, how will they know that you're my disciples? It's by your love for one another. So when we're fighting with each other, when there's problems, when there's uh, division, people can't see that we love each other. Yeah. They also can't see it when we're on our own like I am. <laughs> because that's why they travel two by twos. But um, this particular trip, I, I wasn't able to travel with my family. so. But they do send greetings. Allie knows uh, many of you, and she met some of you from the church on a mission trip in Romania. I think it was 20-something years ago. Then when she was a student, she would come here and help with the youth uh, group. So she knows some of you from that. And probably it's been six or seven years since she's been here. So we'll have to get her her here to to meet you guys sometime. But uh, I'm not sure how I'm doing for time. Good? Thank you all. Okay, yeah.
0: I've asked my brother to stay here, and if you would just join me, and we will uh, pray specifically for his ministry. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for bringing our brother Nate so far to come and share and to share his heart. We thank you for his passion and his call to ministry, we thank you for Allie. Many of us have known her for a long, long time, and um, she's our very heart. So we send our praise to you, Lord, for the calling in their lives. We also, Lord, ask that you would bind the evil one in this area of division and struggle and strife. Warfare is a, a tumultuous thing and tears things down, and, Father, we know that your spirit is about building up and about love and about peace, about restoration. So we thank you for, again... Nate's special opportunity to be a tool for your purpose in a very dark and sometimes um, very forlorn, forsaken place with a lot of tragedy. But we thank you, Lord, that your light chases away the darkness as we've sung already this morning. We praise you for what is yet to come. We thank you and praise you for the impact of his ministry. We pray a blessing upon him and his family. We love you. We lift you up. We long for for the future reports of how your spirit will move amongst your people as uh, Nate and Allie diligently serve you. Bless each one and their family, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother.